What's up, Era One? Carl Markowski here with the Playing On Podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This episode is with Greg Hastings. Yeah, sweet guy. Um, awesome life. Uh, I'm so glad he he you know had the opportunity to sit down with me and kind of open up. And we kind of followed his uh, his timeline in paintball, and I'm, it was a really really awesome conversation. Uh, I had a great time, and I'm really glad that he he opened up for me. So, um, before we get into the interview, we would like to thank a few sponsors: Planet Eclipse. I have been uh, over the past few weeks. I've been shooting the new LVR, and it is awesome. Uh, you know, I, I love the LV ones, but uh, but this thing it takes a cake. You know, it's 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 lighter. I love the new carbon fiber barrel. Um, that thing is sweet. Uh, it shoots so much smoother, so much nicer, quieter. Um, I can't really complain about anything. That thing is money. So if you guys have any questions or you would like any sweetness from Planet Eclipse, go ahead and head over to planeteclipse.com, and they will have anything you need from headbands to new markers, uh, pants, they have all kinds of soft goods, sweetness, uh, backpacks, the, like the one you see back there. Um, but yeah, planeteclipse.com, go ahead and check them out. I'm sure you know who they are, but yeah, they're sweet. Um, also brought to you by Vantrition. All your supplement needs for your spurting activities, spurting, sporting, sporting, whatever, whatever you sweat, whenever you're getting all craziness with your exercises, Make sure you uh, you hit up Vantrition for your uh, recovery supplements, for your pre-workout supplement supplements. <laughs> uh, they have a a paintball preload. They have a paintball reload, which is a recovery supplement. They have all kinds of proteins. Um, so make sure you go over to Vantrition.com, and they will have everything you need. If you type in the promo code capital T. P-O-P for the Playing On Podcast, uh, you will get 15% off uh, your order. So anything you get, you get 15% off if you type in capital T-P-O-P, Vantrition.com. Check them out. All right, next up, guys, is Midwest Clothing. They are doing some awesome stuff over at Midwest Clothing. Um, They have headbands, T-shirts, they have jerseys, they have pants, these sweet OG Tiger Stripe pants. Very, very awesome. Uh, they can ha- they you, they have all kinds of stuff that you need. Um, and on top of that, if you type in the promo code at the end of your checkout, if you type t- capital T P O P, they will give you twenty percent off your entire order. How sweet is that? Awesomeness. Um, if that is not cool enough, they also have a uh, paintball gives back promotion that they're doing. Uh, it's like it's a it's actually a charity. Uh, that they're doing. If you go to MidwestClothingLLC.com, up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a paintball gives back little tab. Click that. That'll send you to um, this this whole charity fund that they are that they are representing. And there's two different charities that they're giving to. All proceeds that are donated are 100% are going to these two these two foundations. Um, it's it's awesome. Not only are you giving to those uh, those charities, you are also entering into win some very very cool prizes everything is over at midwestclothingllc.com uh, also at the end of your order type in capital tpop for your 20 percent off all right guys here is the interview with greg hastings i hope you enjoy it
Alright, Greg, go ahead and give me a little, uh, audio. Check one two, ready on the mic. I never rock the mic with the pantyhose. Perfect. <laughs> Alright, Greg Hastings, thank you so much for joining me. Yay, awesome. Yeah. I'm, uh, happy to be here, brother. Hell yeah, it's, uh... I have had the pleasure of uh, getting to know you over the years and able to play with you, and I thought, what better person to uh, to come in and get some insight from from the one and only? Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I'm following your career, bro. I uh, <laughs> I, I love you know. I don't do the tournament stuff anymore, but I always pay attention. You know, I still got a pack of friends still holding it down. Oh yeah. They were all the young boys. Now they're the, now they're the, uh, the older elite in, in the league. So you're definitely one of those guys. So I know I'm 31. I think, I think oh, when I met you, I was like 19, 19, don't blink, baby. Don't blink. Oh my God. Don't yeah. blink. Um, so I went on to your, your website. Cause I, I mean, I know, I know about you. I know of you or we're, we're friends, but like you're, your history and where you came from and kind of what you what you've gone through I didn't really know too much and I read that bio that you have on your website yep and I didn't know that you did all that shit yeah I, I've had a pretty exciting life <laughs> yeah I want yeah to write a book I'm gonna write a book um, I don't know when I'm gonna start it what point in my life I want to start it from but uh, yeah I have um, some good good um, life stories that I think would be inspirational for some, for some people. And, uh, yeah, I had lots of rough things I had to go through, but you know, all of those experiences made me strong and tough and, and able to do all the things I do today. So exactly. Exactly. So let's start at the beginning. Um, for Stratford, the very New beginning, the, the, Camden, New Jersey, when I was born. <laughs> there you go, there you go, and then we'll skip ahead a little bit. But like, uh, <laughs> let's say in in uh, your early grade school, early high school, you were uh, a pretty active young man. Like, what uh, what kind of sports were you into, and what kind of led you in the path of of being an athlete? Wow. Um, well, I was undersized. I was goofy. I had big buck teeth. I had red hair. <laughs> the recipe for an athlete, of course. Right. Now, hold on. I <laughs> I, I knew when I was young, um, the only way for me to keep from getting beat up was to be – and to make friends was to be awesome at sports. So I always decided to just, just try as hard as I can in every sport. I played, every, I played pretty much every sport, baseball, football, um, soccer, all the normal stuff growing up as a kid. But I learned how to fist fight too, so I was able to, you know, that that was it. And then, um, and I, so I, I became like I, I was you able to own. fight. I had to all the time. Yeah. So the first real um, sport that I really liked was wrestling. I got into wrestling. I in um, in sixth grade. This is a, this is a cool story, and I'm going to write about this in my book. Um, I was watching my brother wrestle. He was in seventh grade. And there were all the eighth graders were there too. So the, the school only went to eighth grade. And uh, the wrestling team was only seventh and eighth graders. And uh, But I was there at the practice and I'm in my street clothes. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of the guys there were my friends. So I started wrestling them. And I'm in my sneakers and my jeans. And I'm, I'm, I'm pinning a couple of these guys. And the wrestling coach comes over. He goes, hey, how come you're not trying out for this team? I go, I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes back in there uh, the next day. So if you get a permission slip from your parents, 
um, I got the principal to uh, allow you to wrestle. Oh, nice. So I was the youngest um, kid on the wrestling team. And the first season, they put me in against an eighth grader. And nice. I got a pin. I got a pin in under two minutes. Ooh. Sixth grader versus an eighth grader. So it was awesome, man. I, I, but that was, I was already, I was already a wrestler. I was already, um, you know, you're feisty. So I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could tell the first time I met you and, and after I got to know you and everything that you, you just have, at that point, size doesn't matter. It's about the size of your heart, the size of your desire was bigger than me. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, so, uh, you become a wrestler, start kicking ass. Um, were there any other sports that you, uh, that you were involved in? Did you, or any, like, let's say, um, the extreme sports, did you do anything like that? I did everything, uh, BMX, um, skateboarding. You know, I never got really good at any of those or more hobby stuff. Kind of a jack of all it, trades kind of thing. Say that again. Like a jack yeah, of all trades. Yeah. 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 I, if it was outdoors, um, I, I did it. Um, I played a ton of, um, street hockey. Nice. Like thousands of hours of street hockey and a million hours of uh, dirt lot football tackle. Mm. So again, you know all the big monster two hundred pound guys, you know, and then here my, my scrawny ass. So yeah, it was good. I think I think the um, the thing that uh, the sport that got me to the point where I wanted to like do it professionally was uh, was break dancing. Mm. oddly enough so yeah yeah so i mean was that the one out of everything where you kind of felt like you had exceeded the most and you were the most talented at was breaking it down breaking breaking it down well i'll tell you i'll tell you another story i was a choreographer for a breakdancing group and i had already been i was a popper um so how old were you how old were you at the at this stage Man, I was I started breaking probably when I was sixteen or seventeen. And I was in uh, high school, so I was in um soccer, I was playing all the high school sports, and my senior year I dropped out of every single sport, everything. I dropped everything hmm. uh to to pursue break dancing. I turkey. would practice every day. I would go wherever I needed to go to practice, wherever there was cardboard and music and people who, who wanted to get awesome at breaking. Um, nice. I did it. I did it. So, uh, I, I was doing that for three or four years. I, I went to tons of contests and, um, did lots of street battles, um, all over Camden and Philadelphia. And, um, I was quite often the only white guy for, for, for five blocks. Oh, so yeah. I, I learned some real street smarts and tough, tough, you know, tough look and have mm-hmm. some tenacity there. <laughs> and then, um, I was able to, I had, a, I got a call from, um, a buddy of mine, Tyrone, and he said, Hey, I need you to come over and help me, um, uh, choreograph, uh, a, a break dancing set for a contest they were getting ready to go to called mm-hmm. street dance in Camden. Now I didn't know anything about the contest, but I, you know, I'm, uh, I was friends with him. So when I get there, it's, it's Ty, uh, my buddy, Mark, uh, one, one, one white guy. And then they had, uh, I think one other guy, but they had a couple of little kids in there too, two, two, two young, uh, black kids and they had their own little thing. So we, we put, 
I I helped them put together this this really cool break in routine that was um, it was pretty cool, but it featured the kids and it featured each one of their skill sets, you know, to highlight them. So to yeah. keep it real simple and and help them do good and at least highlight what they what they did best. So uh, game day shows up the the event and I don't know anything about it. Did didn't do any research. Of course, they you know they didn't have uh, Facebook event events and all this other stuff for that. Mm-hmm. So you hear that stuff on the radio or uh, see the TV commercials. So we show up to this event, and there's 10,000 people there, bro. Holy shit. There's, 10, 000, there's, there's probably more than 10,000 people there. And there's breakdancing groups everywhere, and the crowd was going nuts, and the stage was big, and, and the, the, the local DJ um, were, were just pumping out the tunes. And we managed to make our way and sign up, and uh, all the kids on the group, started to get all kinds of nervous because there was some really good talent there. Yeah. And um, we were running a little late, but that we were able to get registered and we did a preliminary uh, little performance to, to, I guess, I guess it was a bracketing system to sure. choose the pe- the best people uh, to get up on the stage to compete. So right before uh, they're supposed to go on, they literally went, Swami, that was my 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 breaking name, Swami. <laughs> nice. S W A M I I. So uh, they're like, Swami, you got to jump in with us. And I'm like, you're crazy. This is your routine. You guys are all in uniforms. Yeah. You know, I don't Matching. have a uniform. You guys got it. You practice it. You look good. You, you guys are gonna. You guys are gonna. You guys are gonna do great. They're like, no, you got it. You got to jump in. You got to jump in. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, are you serious? They're like, yes. So now I'm in shorts. I'm in sneakers. I got some weird eighties uh, t-shirt on. I got a hat on. So, oh, and they got all this matching uniform. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I grabbed a bunch of bandanas and I, I, I forget what else I did, but I threw some bandanas on me and, uh, I go, you guys just do your routine. I stood in the middle and they, um, uh, they did their route. I go, just do your routine. When you get to me, just stay in your freeze and then I'll do my thing. I'll do a little freestyle, and I'll come back. And uh, you just continue the the um, the you continue the routine. Yeah. So now the barricades are out a little bit far away from us, and the crowd is completely around us. And all the photographers and videographers are off to our right. And my brother, I see my brother over there, and we take the we take the stage, and uh, we go last. We're the last group of the entire competition. Oh, perfect. Last group. And we were like watching all these dudes doing some super acrobatic shit. So they kick on this tune and, uh, you know, the routine starts. The the two guys next to me, they do their little routine. They get, you know, they go along the, 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 the line mm-hmm. and they get to me and I, I start to do my freestyle, but when I when I did it, I did something I never done before. I did some kind of crazy uh, electric ticking move, and I walked <laughs> out towards the crowd, away from the line, and the ten thousand people, Carl, went fucking nuts. Jeez, completely cheering, going crazy, like the crowd erupted. Right. <laughs> so now I can't hear the music. Now I'm focused and I'm doing my thing. Right. I can't hear the music anymore. And I just hear this just the crazy, the, the crowd going nuts. So I finish up. I, I, I do this little glide back into my spot and I go into my freeze and the crowd's going nuts. And I'm like, all right, 
holy crap, I look over at my brother to my right, and he's in slow motion. It seems like he's like this. Like that. <laughs> I'm going, oh my God, what just happened? Yeah. Well, I'm in my freeze, and I look to my right, and the next, or the next two kids are up next to me, and they're not doing anything. So I have to elbow him. I'm like, go, go, go. Because <laughs> he froze. So the, uh, the, the routine line kept going. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get to the end. And then the little kid, now we're done, right? But the little kid goes, Swami, go again. Swami, go again. He hits me. <laughs> so, because we only had a couple minutes to do the, the routine. So I did another freestyle and uh, I started popping again. And then the crowd went nuts. And now the barricades are are getting uh, knocked over and the police are holding people back. I'm not making this up, man. Yeah. They were storming the stage. And um, yeah, long story short is for like 45 minutes to an hour on the way back to the car, I was signing autographs for little black kids for like an hour. Oh, They're nice, kids, dude. Man. Yeah, it was, that was the first time I wanted to be like an athlete and like a professional you know, and that was, that was the, that was my first moment of like really cool glory. Like, holy shit. Like I won, I won a break dancing contest. That's such, that's such a different stage because I, I feel like I got that same feeling, obviously not in front of 10,000 people, but like when you play paintball in front of people in front of a good crowd, at least what it was back in the day when, uh, when we played together, it was cool. It was a good roar and everything, but I can't the imagine, roar was amazing. Yeah, but I can't imagine 10,000 going down the field. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was a little while ago, <laughs> uh, but I can't imagine ten thousand people. But that that feeling of you being up there, and probably in that moment, you probably had that feeling of it was just you on stage, and they were and they were you were feeding off of that from them. And I when I used to play, I used to play in a band, and it's such a different feeling on stage, performing, doing something like that than it is playing on a five-man team or a seven-man team in front of a crowd. It's such a different feeling, and I'm so glad I got to experience that, and that's awesome that you were you were able to kind of experience something like that too. Well, you, you, you know it very well. When you get to the level of playing at a professional level and you train and you train and you train, and when you get there, you can't be nervous. Like mm-hmm. you got to be on. You got to you got to go. It's go time, right? So the fear has to be gone. You you, you took your lumps in practices. You know, all those times you have all these experiences. You can't have butterflies. You got to get in there and get that fight on right away. You know, you can't yeah. can't ramp up. You got to you got to get your piss mean on right on that first buzzer, man. Mm-hmm. It's weird too because I still get before the the very first buzzer of every single event of of every first game. I always get those butterflies. And I, but I think it's more of like an excitement than it is a nervousness yeah. now. So like, I, I always still get it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so going from like, how, how long were you in the whole break dancing, uh, break dancing era or that whole, uh, you know, family before you kind of started going to what after that you got into the Navy or what was what? How did you get well, into there? My 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 break dancing career ended with a car accident. I, uh, oh, I almost, almost killed in a in a car accident. I broke my femur and uh, I was on I was on crutches for almost a year and probably a year and a half. Oof. On crutches for a year and a half. I had a big old metal rod down the center of my uh, my femur bone. Oh, it was crazy. My buddy was driving and uh, we were drinking some beers over in Philly. And, but, you know, we're like, we stopped a couple hours before we left, right? Right. Like, yeah, we're driving, you know, let's just, let's just chill out. 
and uh, on the way home, he uh, he fell asleep. But before he fell asleep, um, I for for whatever reason, I had an old Chevelle. It didn't have any seatbelts, mm-hmm. so I wasn't used to wearing seatbelts. But for this time, I was like, man, let me put my seatbelt on. I put my seatbelt on randomly out of I nowhere. Never, I I never do. So I put my seatbelt on, and I put my head back to 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 rest my eyes. We were already back in New Jersey, and uh, he fell asleep. We hit the median, ricocheted off of that, and took out a telephone pole, man, and split the car like right 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 down the middle like an egg. I oh woke up with my um, I woke up with glass in my eyes, and I saw the driver Dave, my buddy, who I'm still friends with today. He was wrapped around the telephone pole, and all I could all I could see was blood just dripping off his nose, like oh that. His head head limp. Yeah, and then uh, when I actually when I started moving, imagine hearing this. Uh, I woke up my eyes and I started to move, and I heard a woman shriek, "He's alive! He's alive!" I'm not kidding. Oh my god! I heard a woman shriek as loud as you can imagine, "He's alive!" When I started to move, so it was it was. It was it was a surreal surreal experience, and I was uh, probably nineteen. I was probably nineteen or twenty. 19. Wow, I mean that could have been completely different. I mean that could I, that's I mean obviously it was life changing. Any big event like that has to be life changing, but that that could have been so many different ways from Sunday that it you're in one piece. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, but I uh, I I was um I I remember. I remember it being uh, a, a traumatic experience, but again, it was one of those experiences that that uh, you it's you know life hands you and you gotta you gotta you gotta deal with it. And I tell you, it made me appreciate a lot more things coming oh, yeah. that close to coming that close to death. So yeah, there was um not I, th- I want to say I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I was actually in a motorcycle accident. I'm on um, yeah, I was on my uh, 83 Kawasaki KZ 1100. It was, oh man, this bike was awesome. Uh, kept up with everything and yeah, riding down the highway. And I don't want to say I was riding too close to the guy in front of me. I usually give myself, you know, two shadows or two, two thousands of a set, whatever it is. And, uh, right. we're kind of riding, but the, the way the street went, it was a dip down, took a hard left, came up over a hill and then back down. So at the time there was some construction and everything. And, and I'm, I'm on the very inside lane. So three lane highway right next to the median and coming down and around and I'm kind of following the truck lights ahead of me, get over the hill, right when we get over the hill, stop traffic. He slams oh. on his brakes. I try and kind of flutter mine just so I don't lock him up. I do that. I look to my right really quick just to see if there's anybody, you know, in the, in the right lane so I can swerve over the fucking car right there where I, where I have to go. I'm like, fuck it. And I, and I hit my brakes. I, uh, on my, my, back uh, tire locks up I kind of fishtail and then it just throws me and I kind of we're going probably I want to say maybe 50 55 I hit the ground and and roll I don't hit anything anything ahead of me I hit the ground roll land on my feet look to my left my bike comes flying down and lands right next to me I turn around there's three semi trucks stopped right behind me Wow. I, up, I grab the bike. The bars are all bent down and in. I grab the uh, I grab the shifting lever and I hit it down in the neutral. I roll it into the ditch and throw it down. I had a scratch on my knee and a scratch on my back. That was it. That was it. And I rode the bike back to the house. 
yeah. that's gangster. And that's it's, but it, but it's things like that. It's things like that that really make you kind of understand life a little bit more. As far as you, it could be any time, any moment, any day. Driving to work, yeah. coming back. I mean, just anything, and you really have no control over it. It's just, it's scary. It's crazy. I ride all the time, man. I I got my head on a swivel. Yeah, you, know? you have to, and and I think riding a motorcycle too. Since I've been riding, and now I have a, a 2003 Harley HD 1200. Oh, you're uh, old and slow now. <laughs> so it's uh, but but riding, you have Papa to have. Papa bear, Papa bear, I decided to slow it down. Yeah, I have ape hangers there. I have loud. Oh man, it's I love that bike. <laughs> I love it. But I love your cafe racers. Your cafe racers are, they are titties. Fun. But um. But you have to have you have to ride that line of kind of aggressive but kind of defensive because you're always you're always in the middle because everybody else is doing all their other shit. So today, uh, today I'm riding my bike. I got a state trooper behind me, hmm. and uh, he pulled up next to me, and then he dropped back behind me. I'm like, oh man, this guy's gonna pull me over. Yeah, and uh, he's following behind me for a little while, and now I got a car in front of me about three car lengths up, and there's a car just in front of me to the right. Um, in the in the right lane. Well, that guy decides to cut right over in front of me. No of turn signal or anything. So I literally had to like dodge out of the way a little bit. But then I got right in the center by his rearview mirror, and I'm like this. Yeah. I'm like hello, like this. Immediately, the state trooper behind me pulls around me, gets in front of me, pulls him over, <laughs> th- throws on the lights. I was like, yes. Nice, instant karma. Gotcha, fucker. Uh, okay, so uh, your your breakdancing career comes to an all of a sudden pew, halt. Uh, yes. You're on crutches for about a year, 19 years old, on crutches for about a year, year and a half. Uh, where are you at at this point? Are you questioning what you want to do, where you want to go? Uh, where's your head at? Well, I uh, when I got off the crutches, um, you know, I, I was young, really couldn't get a job, couldn't do anything that like that because I because of my injury. And um, when I finally got off the the crutches and I was more or less rehabilitated, um, I went into some construction with a friend of mine, Mark. And uh, we ended up living together, but we were just partying hard, man. You know, I wasn't doing good in college. Um, uh, you know. I, you know, I was working hard every day. I was, you know, framing houses or and trim, trimming new homes. Mm-hmm. And um, I had another traumatic experience. I uh, was living with him at a at an apartment complex. Um, I had just moved out, uh, but I, you know, obviously we were still friends. Yeah. And we had a couple of our girlfriends over, so we were just having some beers, and we we, we went down to the apartment um, swimming pool. And uh, it was after hours, but the gate was open, and uh, drinking beers, hanging out. And the girls that we were with, um, they were getting cold, so they're and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go up to the apartment." And they're like, "Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep swimming for a little bit." All right. So we que- keep swimming and having a good time. Me and him are just chatting it up, you know, just laughing, bullshitting. And uh, I I got out of the pool. I'm like, "All right, I'm getting cold. I'm I'm gonna start drying off." So I I start to put my uh, my clothes on. And he's still talking to me, and uh, you know, he climbed up. Now I didn't know this because he, we're talking, and then the next thing I heard was a big, you know, clap, and then a splash. So I'm talking, and I put my shoes on, and you know, put my pants on, get my shirt on. I'm still talking, right? And he's, now he's not answering me. So I turn around, and I'm like, "What the f you doing?" 
So I turn around, and when I turn around, the, the lifeguard stand was, was pushed all the way back. So I start laughing. I'm like, ah, you right. idiot, you fell down. So the, the lifeguard stand fell back away from the pool. Um, I guess he, he jumped off of it. So now I look in the pool, and he's at the bottom of the pool. Oh, shit. And I'm like, what the heck is he doing? Now there's waves in the pool, so it looks like he's moving. And yeah. I'm like, what the heck is this guy doing? So I, I turn around to grab my stuff, and I look back, and I'm like, he's still underwater. So I'm like, at this point, I'm like, oh, my God. So I dove in, and I, I picked him up, and he's limp. So I get him to the surface, and I'm holding him above, and his, his head is limp. He's, he's out. He's, yeah. he's done. So I scream bloody murder, man. I'm like, help, help, because I know this is bad. Oh, yeah. So I, 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 he, I'm small, right? And he's bigger than me, so I, co- I couldn't deadlift. I, 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 I didn't think I could deadlift him out of the water. So finally, after about five minutes, I mean, my, I, you know, you heard my voice, dude. I got a big mouth. So oh, yeah. these people heard me in the apartment complex, and my neighbors run down. They help me pull Mark out of the water and lay him down there. He's not breathing. So I, uh, I performed uh, CPR on him, and I'm, I'm mouth to mouth the whole thing, and uh, we, we just kept um, resuscitating him until the ambulance finally showed up. But he ended up dying. Like right there, so he he, he died right in front of me. So that uh, after that, I um, I you know fast forward, and that's that's one of the main reasons I uh, I went into the navy. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any uh, good direction, so I I needed it. That was yeah. the time in my life I definitely needed some direction. Yeah, almost dying, and then um, you know my best friend um, dying right right in front of me. Those are two huge. I mean, life changing events and i can't and yeah you're still young at this point too uh, that's i don't i haven't told many of these stories uh to too many people in a row so this is like <laughs> this is your life carl i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry on your couch no man this is this is what i want I, this is a conversation <laughs> but i you know it's but it's life and you know this is what i want this podcast to be about you know i'm not i don't want you to talk about obviously anything that you're not comfortable with but i this is life and everybody has these different experiences and some people have had experiences like you have some people have had something where nothing has happened to them and and it's just you know it's but it's everything makes everything that happens makes a person who they are and the direction that they try and follow makes them who they are and you know if none of those things would have happened that could have been me man exactly that could have been me you know we were we were always doing crazy stuff and, uh, yeah, that was like my wake up call. Like, you know, this party lifestyle is, doesn't suit you. And you, you're literally just watched your best friend die and you have his, you have his barf in your mouth. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 you know, you're like, all right, it's time for me to f- start effing manning up and, mm-hmm. and tackling life. So I, I joined the Navy, man. I signed up. My buddy was already in, uh, a high school friend of mine, and he, he would come home on leave, and he always had money in his pocket. You know, he looked healthy. He looked good. He always had funny stories. And I'm like, all right, I'm not doing shit in my life. Let's, let's, let's try this Navy thing. Yeah. Did you, so did you have anybody else um, in your family in any military at all, or was it just uh, that one decision where you just wanted to do it? My, uh, my grandfather um, was a Marine. He uh, served in Iwo Jima, Okinawa, and Guadalcanal during World War II. Oof. And his father 
uh, was was in the Navy. And my grandfather, who's a Marine, he was he started off in the Navy and then went over to the Marines because he wanted to he wanted to go fight Japs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's... he wanted to get up close and personal. Oh my god, dude! And I feel like people are not like that nowadays. At least, at least kids their age when they were like that are not like that nowadays he was mean man he was a he was a boxer he was my grandfather my mom's father he was he was he was a tough guy takes special person to get on a boat like that and just be like nope i'm ready i know i know exactly what i want to do and just well it's training 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 yeah. So when I got on, when I fast forward, dude, when I got on teams, you know, when I do the, you know, the excessive, you know, uh, hell week, do all yeah. that stuff. I'm like, this is all kid stuff to me. I already did all this training. <laughs> this I did is baby all training. training. I did all this. I did. I did all my boot camps. You know. So, you know, when I became a Navy diver, that's when I really became an athlete. I was. That's that's when I was pro level. My body was at pro level status. So when I came yeah. to try out. For paintball teams, I was already, I was already ready to rock. Oh I yeah, ready to go. How long were you in the Navy for? Six years. And you were, were you on a submarine the entire time? Sub. sub the, uh, I went to uh, a year and a half worth of school in um, San Diego and in New London, Connecticut, and then I went to sea for four and a half years. I did, I did 168. No, 142, 142,000 miles submerged on nuclear power. 142,000 <laughs> miles. Yeah, that is nutty. No way. Maybe it's 143. I have a plaque. I, I got a plaque. They, they did a little plaque. Oh, really? Yeah. I got that before I left. How many miles I did actually underwater. No way. I, I'm yeah. not, I, not. I don't consider myself claustrophobic, but put me in a metal tube in the middle of the ocean, I no way. I don't think I'd be able to do it. It drove a couple guys nuts. I remember one guy lost it. He he lost it. We had uh we had to subdue him and and uh, chain him down for a little while. He he <laughs> lost it. And then when we pulled in, he was gone. I never we never no one ever saw that guy again. Jeez, this probably got some good stories though from the uh, from submarine days. Dude, you want to do a show for for ten hours? I got I got a whole bunch of awesome Navy stories. I was gonna say that's gotta be for in in person with a couple beers. We gotta do that sometime. We'll we'll, we'll go down that road. Down All right. Um. So you're in the Navy, port to port. At this point, uh, do you know about paintball, or is it uh, is it not until you kind of are traveling around port to port until you discover paintball? I went to play paintball in 1987 with my buddy Louis, Louis Tommaso. He was already in the Navy. I already mentioned him. So he was stationed on a submarine. He was a sonarman, and he was in New London, Connecticut. And one, one weekend, he's like, hey, why don't you uh, drive up, and I'll show you, take you a tour on my sub, and we'll go, you know, we'll, we'll hang out for the weekend. I'm like, all right. So all my right before I left, he's like, Hey, uh, we're gonna go play this. We're gonna go play this uh, this game called paintball, but it wasn't called paintball. It was it was called skirmish or something. <laughs> they didn't call it paintball. So I'm like, he's like, so wear some, bring some shit. You don't, you you know, you want to get dirty. I'm like, oh well, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, you wear these goggles, and they give you these pistols, and you shoot each other with these balls of paint. And I'm like, hell yeah, that sounds <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. So I drive up there. We're in Connecticut, and um, the actual first field I played at was in Rhode Island. I don't remember the name of the field. I don't even know if it's still there. But we show up. 
I get the tour of the submarine and then we go, uh, you know, the next day we end up going to play paintball. Um, yeah, they didn't even call it paintball. So they had these, you know, same story. Everybody told you they had the pistol or you had to push the button in the back. Mm-hmm. And, um, I spent most of my money and all of my paintballs cause it was expensive. Oh yeah. Well, per ball at the target range. And then when I finally got out to play, man, I found myself a hole and I pulled a big old bush over my head <laughs> and I just sat there like this. So for the whole day, I didn't shoot anybody. I got one per- one guy snuck up on me, one of the um, the instructors, mm-hmm. one of the owners of the field, um, because, you know, nobody was moving around. We were all scared to death. But he came out there and he blasted me. I, I, I tried to shoot him, but that was the first time I played paintball. Then I, you know, fast forward the, the next year, I joined the Navy. So I had already played paintball. So in port in New London, Connecticut, when I finally, oh, I'm skipping this. I joined the Navy. <laughs> I'm in, I'm skipping it. I'm skipping a guy. So I, I, right out of boot camp, I get transferred to San Diego. When I get to San Diego, my bunk mate is Jim Snodgrass. He's from Montana. And the first thing he shows me, bro. He pulls out a, a Nell spot 007 and his goggles. He goes, you ever hear about paintball? <laughs> this is my bunk mate, dude. I go, yeah, my buddy Louie took me last year. And I remember going, the adrenaline rush. He goes, he goes, hey, he goes, I looked up a field. There's a, there's a couple of fields right around San Diego if you want to go. And I'm like, yes. And I go, but uh, I want, I want the, I want to buy a gun. I want to, I want the equipment. Yeah, so we found a uh, a store right in San Diego. I bought my first gun. I bought my first goggles. I only played one other time, but I knew that I was gonna love it. So I went and bought all my own shit, and we went to um, Borderland Paintball in Otay Mesa, right by the border. It's not even there anymore. Hmm. Borderland Paintball, and we played every single weekend the entire time <clears throat> I'm in school in San Diego. So I'm there a year and a half, mm-hmm. and I, I literally we we would buy a case of paint. It was 150 dollars, and we would tube them all up, at, you know, because we were playing pump. Yeah, and we would use that one case for like two or three weekends. Oh yeah, we just take enough for to play all day. So I played. That was it, man. Then my Navy career actually is what got me into paintball. I met two people who liked the sport, and uh, my bunkmate in the barracks when I moved first day. I literally day one, I was like, hell yeah. I think the next, I think that first Saturday we went to the store and I bought my, bought my stuff. And that was in 1988. Jeez. That was a baby. I was a little guy. <laughs> yeah. This is my 30th year. 30, 30 Jeez. Wow. 30 years. You ever thought you'd be here? Um, in paintball anyway? No. Well, I, uh, I, well, I, my plans are only, um, you know, you only, you only really envision three to five years. You know, you, you really only have a grasp of like a year or a year. And, you know, if you're working on a project or, you know, you know, you're, you're worried about you're, you're working on your body for the team for next year. You know, you, you can visualize what you can do, you know, this year or into the next year. Right. right. It's hard to visualize past that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it, hard to visualize past uh, more than more than a year and a half or two years. It's just too much time. Mm-hmm. And so much can happen in between those periods. That it's just, you know, and, and paintball is still, at least for a lot of people, it's still uh, an exaggerated hobby. 
it's not a career. So, you know, anything could take anybody in any direction. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, some guys have managed to um, use their uh, athletic abilities, obviously, and, and create their recognition and, and, and turn paintball into a, a good money source. There's not, there's not a lot, not a lot of guys, but there, there have been, there have been um, some throughout my career. It's been fun to watch. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's, I think it's just like anybody in any sport that's really good. They're going to get the recognition. They're going to get the 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 sponsorships and the everybody wanting them to play for their team, all that good stuff. But I mean, that's just that's just anywhere. Survival, the the fittest, the best, the fastest, all that good stuff. Well, I was spoiled, man. I was in the heyday with when the sponsors were just pouring it on, like we, you know, just pouring it on. What do you think the the years of when paintball was in its heyday? Like, what what is your range? What Say years that again. What what years do you think paintball was in its heyday? Like, what what range between what years do you think it was the most popular? Man, I guess like, I guess like ninety eight to two thousand five, two thousand six, right right through that range. Yeah. Tournaments were just like there was such growth, you know, there was there was um so many people coming into the sport and uh yeah. I it was it was crazy. Speedball I think was what was attracting people and that hype. Mm-hmm. But then I think it ultimately was kind of like uh uh it didn't it, it actually hurt in the long run. It didn't expose them to um, the other sport, the other level of paintball, the other types of paintball. I don't know; it's hard to explain, but I, th- I think it's coming back. I think I, I see paint, uh, tournament paintball being pretty healthy right now. You see lots of woods ball leagues. There's lots of, lots of participation there. I see lots of excitement there. Um, yeah, yeah. This year, this, I mean, the World Cup had a lot of, lot of, lot of folks playing. It's, it's good. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's bouncing back. Feels good. Looks good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, everything's under new management and everything's new and fancy. And uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping that it's on the rise. You know, because at least I want I want another good three years, four years uh, with my health kind of coming through. Because I just had meniscus uh, surgery, so uh, I'm trying to get my knee back in shape before the uh, Las Vegas event. And you know, my body's breaking down playing enough of uh, this crazy game that it kind of takes. Stay skinny, long brother. Year. Stay skinny, man. Lightweight. <laughs> I'm trying. I actually dropped. I dropped like uh, like five pounds. So I'm. I've been ever since my knee surgery. I've been just. I've been working out and trying to trying to get back in shape. I'm down to. Uh, I'm trying to get down to my uh, my my playing day weight of 148. So I'm down to 153. I've been running, biking, ice skating, swimming, doing doing all, all those things. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make a comeback onto the field. There you go. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm probably around like 193 right now. I want to get 187. 193, holy yeah. shit! That's yeah. big, dude. Fuck that's you. Big. That's, big. that's big. It's not bad. It's not bad. Hey, listen, when you have when you have uh, knee issues, man, the weight—that's what I mean by the weight—is the killer. Hmm. Uh, that's that's. I mean, dude, I'm gonna be 50, and I'm still I'm still playing hella paintball. And I know that keeping staying lightweight is going to allow me to uh, reduce my injuries and, and and allow me to to you know play play you know at least for I don't know I don't know how long I'll play. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always I had play. leg problems too. Um, when I was uh, when I was little, I was 
I was bow legged and pigeon toed, and I had to wear braces on my legs to straighten them too. out. Yeah. I, I had corrective shoes with all kinds of yeah, these the special shoes. shoes. Yeah. Dude, you want to hear a crazy story? I was probably in third grade, probably in third grade, and my mom comes out of the doctor and they hand me these shoes. This is like Forrest Gump shit. Oh, man. yeah. Like, you wear these shoes, and my mom told me, and the doctor's like, you're not allowed to run this summer. <laughs> I'm not kidding. For an entire summer, my mom and, and everyone that they told me I was not allowed to run. So, an entire yeah. summer. I'm, the, I'm in third grade. So my mom didn't give me any sneakers. I had shoes. This is how freaking dorky I was. And talk about having to learn how to fight. This is yeah. why I had to learn how to fight. I'm in corrective shoes in the summer, trying to play, trying to trying to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so you're the fastest dude I ever met. So, and I don't know where that came from. I really actually have... Bob Hall, a friend of mine, Bobby Hall. Probably would have gave you a, a run. He was one of the fastest dudes. This dude could clear a six-foot fence without touching it, dude, full speed. Oof. Literally leap it like a gazelle. Yeah. Not making that up. This guy was the fastest like athlete, I, and he never, he, never, uh, he never did anything with it. But he could have been one of the best athletes like in the world, like uncanny. Me and a whole bunch of my other friends still talk about the level of athleticism that that guy with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> That's a, yeah. That guy could whoop your ass <clears throat> in any sport, dude. Mm-hmm. Street hockey, uh, like, oh, dude. The yeah. level, uh, still today, my, my hero, one of the best athletes I ever knew. Nice. Cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's kind of get back to, uh, your paintball career. So you're, what was the first, um, you know, so you started playing paintball, playing paintball more, playing paintball more. What, what, what was the first team that you got onto, and when did you start turning pro and kind of start making this a, a serious thing? Well, uh, I played all throughout the Navy, and uh, I just played woods ball, and I was kind of aware of the competitive level. Um, you know, I was buying all the magazines. Um, when we were at sea, I would always bring every single one of my paintball magazines and I would leave them all over the submarine to try and recruit all of the, <laughs> the guys. And I did. I, I would get 30, 40, 50 guys at a time to come, yeah. to come play paintball off my submarine. So I was pretty evangelistic about it. And uh, the day I got home, the day, the day I got home from the Navy, I had a paintball news magazine or the newspaper and it had I was reading the ads and it said tryouts for for a team in Delaware. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get down to uh, Delaware and the team is called uh, the Free Agents, the the Free Agents. And um, I just remember showing up there <clears throat> and uh, meeting all the the dudes there. I don't know a single person. Yeah, but. You know, I literally just left the Navy. I know how to go be on a team. You know, I, I just, I used to, I trained, you know, you know, I, I did all the things that I did. So this is, this should be trivial. So yeah. they basically just, uh, they, they put, put us in a foot race, you know, see who was fast. And then we played some, some scrimmages to see who could make moves. And, and uh, I think everybody who showed up that day made the, made the, made the team because it was 10 man, right? So yeah. What I, so everybody pretty much made the team. So it wasn't about, and uh, so I remember making that team. We ended up practicing, doing. Uh, we ended up starting to go to uh, all the local 
little tournaments for you know for for squeegees mm-hmm. and then uh we ramped up to the big one which was the pittsburgh amateur open and uh, we did i did that for for several years and um true story uh bob long uh discovered me he he was um always at the pittsburgh amateur open so i was we played 10 man and you know we 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 were doing well all mm-hmm. around the the Philadelphia area. We would travel to all of the events, any any kind of paintball event. We just we were hungry for it. Five man, ten man, and um, uh, playing at the Pittsburgh Amateur Open. Um, one of my buddies said, "Hey, uh, Bob Long was asking about you playing," and I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I never met him," and um, <laughs> I ended up meeting him and. Uh, uh, Nothing came of it, you know. I was playing, yeah. so I I, I kind of knew I was up on up, up on his radar, and because a couple other people, so the season progressed, and then um, he was a national paintball sponsor team, and so was I. But I was, you know, obviously amateur. Yeah, we started going to um, some of the bigger bigger tournaments as an amateur, like um, like the uh, the MPPL in, in Pittsburgh. It was drivable; we could mm-hmm. still go there. We got our ass whooped. You know, but it was great playing against Avalanche, playing against. I know this is young, and I'm young in my career. Yeah. And back then, you you could make advancements faster because you played pros, you played the better teams, you you played outside of what you do now. You know, yeah. all all the bracketing systems to me are aren't don't um uh they 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 don't help you advance in to to get better. Right. Back then, you you know we I. I played against the all Americans. I played against all, you know, all the bushwhackers, all yeah. the, the big international teams. You can't hide. You got to fight those guys at the other end of the field. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's trial by fire. So we were back at the amateur open and, uh, um, same thing. Bob, Bob was on the sidelines watching me. And, uh, later that year, um, I got a call. I was trying to get on at, later on. I was trying to get on, um, uh, Ground Zero, yeah. up in up in New York, because um, I was trying to advance. I really, really was. Now at this point in my career, I'm 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 looking outside of my own team. I want to go to get on the, the already the best team. I want to get better. You want to? Yeah, I want. I want to go be. Um, <clears throat> I want to go. I I knew I needed to 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 try and and get myself to a a, a higher level yeah. of 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 skill set, and. Um, so Jerry Braun didn't want me on the team. I tried. He knew who I was, and uh, I was at this point. I'm friends with most of the guys on on Ground Zero up north because now you know you're on the circuit, right? You know, you, you, you start you, seeing familiar faces. Yeah, and, yeah, everybody starts to see. Oh, that guy's pretty good. You know, you start to make a name for yourself. And um, so I got turned down by Ground Zero, but Bob Long said, "Hey, I got Boston, the Boston MPPL coming up. I got a spot for you." Um, if you want to, if you want to come play, and I go, and he goes, uh, I go. Well, tell me when the practice is. He's like, no practice. We're gonna meet, walk the fields. You're on the team, and I'm like, oh, wow. oh shit. And uh, so my first professional event ever, um, we took third place, made made the podium. Nice. Took the podium, and the very next year, in fact, right after that event, Jerry Braun goes, all right, Hastings, come come try out. <laughs> The next day, it was like the next day, bro. Jerry Broad. So did, yeah, you, and that, and did you jump over to them at that point? I did. I joined. So that year, <clears throat> Ground Zero, uh, the amateur team, 
won the uh, won the championships, won the amateur championship, right? They mm-hmm. ground zero gold. So they they were being forced up into the pro ranks. Yeah. So it was perfect. I literally joined ground zero gold as a pro paintball player. I went I, I did my first pro event, so I you know I uh, I played with those guys, which was great. We had three squads, right? Ground Zero, Black, Gold, and, and Silver. Yeah. And Black did the best in the United States, but um, I was a part of the international team. So we pick guys from Black, Gold, and Silver and compete in Europe. Oh, nice. So now I'm play- competing internationally, playing on Ground Zero. So I went from amateur, doing the, the local circuits, did a little traveling, and then, you know, you got the big bucks going. And the, and the sponsorships. Now you can really go pick the best fights all around the world, and uh, that was it. Ground zero, man. We went to we went from tournament to tournament to tournament to tournament. Oh yeah. You know, almost no practices at that point. We were we were going, you know, because now there's two leagues, right? You had the it, well, eventually there was three leagues. You had the MPPL, you had the PSP, and then you had, still had Europe. Mm-hmm. Fast forwarding to the to the excessive days, you know, when we were it was just non non-stop tournaments yeah but that was it man that was my that was the 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 transition um out of amateur into into pro but i think it was it was not because it was because you you, you played against pros like this past weekend they had uh the event uh the open in, oh yeah, um, yeah yeah and the amateur teams played against the pros it was an open series yeah Watch how fast some of those teams get good. Mm-hmm. 100%. If they start opening that up again and and, and letting some of those, um, uh, you know, brackets like the old school ways. But it has to be five man. I think whatever. it's only yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> get mm-hmm. your ass whooped. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get your lesson. You are gonna. You are. You either gonna skyrocket fast, or you're gonna freaking. You're like all right. I, I, I'm, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna, you're, you're gonna but also it. be patient with it at the same time because it's, you know, not, not everything is gonna go uh, zero to one hundred. It, it's always gonna have its steps. But just because you get the shit beat out of you doesn't mean quit. You know what I mean? It, it, there's, there's so many lessons to. I was talking about this with a buddy of mine. Uh, I feel like kids nowadays don't watch as much as they used to. Like mm. watch their favorite players and watch how they play and, and did the certain things that they did, uh, you know, with their noses to the net. And now I feel like they need to do that more than ever. Get your reps right. in, of course, but but watch more. You know, play against the best. Don't play with your friends. Play against your friends if they're if they're good. You know, yep. get on that that other squad if you're the best squad there. You know what I mean? So I I, I agree. I think the the pros or the higher divisions playing against the lower divisions and mixing it up, playing that whole five man, uh, that five man like series kind of thing. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be awesome. Well, the incentive of that glory, man, I remember being an amateur and, uh, beating a pro team mm-hmm. that man, that experience is the first time you, you are competitive against, you know, a, a, a higher level team. Um, man, you, you feel it. You're coming into it. You you get you're building that confidence. You're you're coming into your own. Yeah. And uh, man, you're you're realizing what it takes, and you're becoming a veteran. You're 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 getting veteran status. And mm-hmm. man, yeah, that's how it was on Tipman Effect. Whenever we played pro teams, and when we when we turned pro, I don't I don't want to say that we were ready to turn pro in seven man, but when we did, uh, and we played all these these 
pro teams that have been there forever and we started winning some games, my my confidence and my desire, my fire to play just yeah. skyrocketed. Yeah. Arr. It was great. I love playing for Tim and it was fun. It was such a good time. So you still got the fire, huh? You still got it? <clears throat> I still got the fire, babe. Right. I still got it. Yeah. I Now more than ever. I mean, just because I, I, I want my son to eventually, hopefully maybe see, one day see me play. Um, you know, I don't want it to, I don't want it to, to you know, fade away yet. So I'm still relevant. So that's, that's a good thing. And I'm still, okay, I still okay. love playing the game. So that's another one thing. I love it. I yeah. love it. Um, I might jump back into. It. I haven't done any speedball in a long time, man. But I, I, I'd, I'd like to jump back into it. I'm definitely getting my body back into uh, that level of shape today. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um. So, I, th- I was always curious about this. Uh. So you started your your pro career. Uh. You started playing professional tournaments. When did Reds and R7 come along? Oh wow, Reds. <clears throat> Reds. Holy For all smoke. you old school guys. <laughs> who are listening well uh i'll tell you the story how reds was born um we wore and it's relevant because when i was an amateur uh i had a job that allowed me to play paintball on weekends and travel and i made good money i was a private detective so i, I <laughs> the, the seven layers of greg hastings that's what yeah <laughs> So when I got out of the Navy, I, 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 I was a licensed private detective nice. in the Philadelphia area. That's a whole other story. That's awesome. But I picked and choose my cases and I could free up um, I could free up um, uh, time to go to go do all this stuff. Hold on, I gotta plug this in. Hold on. Yeah, yeah no worries. Hold on. <laughs> this is great. This guy's done this he's done everything. Greg, I know you'll eventually hear this, but uh, I love you, man. <laughs> I'm back. I got the little warning. I, I heard the I heard the little I'm dying beep. So we had um, I knew I knew well I had all this time on my hands right. So when I'm sitting um, in my car on a surveillance, I would. Um, I had time on my hands, right? I'm just four in the morning, five in the morning. I'm staring at a house or mm-hmm. I'm staring at a car. So I had a sketch pad and I would sketch things out. And uh, it would be paintball stuff. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of the time the, the gear was um, just not available or it was just substandard. Super primitive probably. Yeah. And the, at the time, the, the best packs in the world were unique packs. And I, I had a... A hundred hundred twenty dollar one. It was literally last year a million years. But these straps that went on there were uh the worst things ever. Like you you, you couldn't be athletic in it. They're mm-hmm. good for a big fat guy standing behind a tree, you know, not doing any running. Perfect. But to be hauling ass and crawling, they they sucked. And I tried fitted the little every- hundred round or ten round tubes, right? That's what it was no, holding. We had pod we were rock we were rocking pods at this oh, okay. point. Rocking pods at this point. And uh I I saw that a bunch of guys were um, and I did it too. We we would wear uh, the the uh, the waist belts, the um, like the motorcycle kidney belts, mm-hmm. um, the back support belts. Right. The hardware you get at a hardware store. Um, and I had the idea to blend them together. 
So I sketched out an idea. I found some materials. I hand stitched um, a sample pack with my with uh, the the way I want the pods to face. So I uh-huh. had all the pods, the the pod pouches facing the way I wanted, and then I integrated this weight belt into the pack. And nice. I wore it for the first time. And it was so comfortable, but it was bouncing around a little bit. So I made m- modifications. Now I'm playing on my my paintball team, my amateur paintball team. And uh, they're now they're asking me questions about what that is. I'm like, yeah, it's just something I made. And as it's getting better, and I'm I'm making the modifications to it. Now they're really paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm letting them try it on. They're running around. Hey, can you make me one of these? Um, and I and I. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, let me let me refine it. Let me see what I could do. Could, but this is just for me, right? I made this just for me, so I could compete. Right, just a personal thing. I wanted I wanted the best gear, and I couldn't buy it, so I had to make it. And uh, now I here's the critical moment. I after practice, I go to get into my Jeep, bro, and I open the door, got all my stuff in the back, and I go to climb up, and I go to get in my Jeep, and my pack is still on my back. I forgot that my paintball pack was on me and I, I stop and I had an epiphany. I'm like going, Oh my God, this thing around your waist is so comfortable. You just forgot it was on you. Yeah. You just forgot it was on you. I went from the first thing you did after the game, you hung the flag was undo your thing and drop yep. your belt or throw it over your shoulder. Right. And you wanted to get it off you cause you had blisters, you know, you had bruises or you know, your hips are jacked. You know, you're rubbed raw. Mm -hmm. I went, I have a business right now. Right now. I literally had that epiphany. I'm in a a cornfield, dude, (laughs) right next to this patch of woods where we were playing. That's how it happens. I had an epiphany. And uh, I... I'll, I'll do a little bit of a long story short on that. I, I started to make them. I started to have success. But that's how I was able to stay and fight and and practice more to get into paintball. I, I was able to, to make money as an amateur, right? And then mm-hmm. fund myself and then have more reason to become a professional paintball player. I had more desire to promote my own my own line of products. Right. So it, it became self-serving. I, I was able because I I watched everybody else. If you didn't have sponsorship, you struggled. Oh yeah. But it was the critical element that allowed you to become a pro. If you didn't have the sponsorship, you had to figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. And most of the sponsorships, when I, I'll, you know, fast forward, you know, you might've got your expenses. You weren't getting paid. You know, you, you might've got your hotel, some food and, and the entry fees and all, and all the paintballs you could shot. Yeah. Shoot. So that's when I turned, that's when, even before I became a professional paintball, I developed the plan in my head, of like a business plan. How do I get to become a professional? How do I fund myself? Right. How do I allow? How do I even free up the time on weekends to go do this thing? So I had a plan, man. I wanted to be a pro. I I wanted to go as high as I possibly could in the sport, and it had nothing to do with me being a. And it had it had me, you know, it was the other side of it. Yeah, the business My side of it. Sponsorship. I knew I, I had to I had to not wait for that. I had to go mm-hmm. get and do my own sponsorships. And but Reds was born. I I uh, two times I, I went and brought everything I made. I found a manufacturer right in New Jersey who could make my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had refined the designs. And this is just the pack at the time. 
and I went to Skyball and I probably had 50 packs and I sold them all out. I came home with a stack of Canadian money. It was like, <laughs> I came home with everything. Oh, and yeah. Selling these packs for uh, Louie from National Paintball at the time. He's, he, he sold every one of those packs like nice. in like an hour. What is this, 2001 or 2000? Or uh, no, it was, it was probably uh, 98. Mm. 98, 99. Jeez. And then uh, Pittsburgh Amateur Open. Uh, my first uh, opening day there selling Reds products. So now I had the elbow pads. I had all the hats. I had all the, the barrel bags. I had all the accessories going. Right. And my bat and my backpacks, my, my, my comfort packs. Same thing. Day one. Day one. I had a stack of freaking money this big <laughs> and sold out sold out that's awesome and and i put uh i was i was on the block which also helped my career right so i'm i'm known as a player now i'm known as a manufacturer so mm -hmm. so the things i was able to piece together and and get myself into the industry yeah you know as an athlete but also as a businessman so i, I was doing two two paths at the same time but they were very much so assisting each other yeah yeah well i'll tell you right now um <clears throat> back when i played on Excess energy and excess energy and excessive or New York energy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I remember you gave me an R7 uh, four pack, and I hands up and you know I, I swear to God that that was one of the most comfortable packs I ever wore. I love that thing. And then when I ended up leaving because I was going to wear it uh, on Avalanche, I was just going to keep it. But even if I couldn't wear it, I was at least going to keep it. And when I left excessive or when we split ways. My bag, going to the first event, I had my pack in there, and my bag never showed up to the first event in L.A. 2007. And I, I've never seen it since. All my headgear, my R7 pack, oh everything gone. And I, But, no, I, I really, really enjoyed that product that you made. Um, I don't think I got the chance to, to really wear anything else as far as the R7 stuff, but the uh, the pack, uh, dude, one of my favorite packs I've ever, ever owned wore. I, I ended up selling Reds. Um, I ended up, uh, getting bought out. Mm -hmm. uh, got in, I got, I caught my business partner stealing my money. Ooh. Yeah. So I got to a point where, uh, I was growing reds and, yeah. uh, long story short is I, but that was also the day I, uh, the day I sold reds the very next day, the very next day I signed my first contract with Microsoft to start my video game franchise. Really? It was that early? The very the very next the very next the very next day. So I'm I'm already negotiating and doing my video game series. I'm I'm working that and running Reds. Right. And I was in a lawsuit against my business partners. I busted them stealing my money. So we were we're fighting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I realized that you know what? I'm I'm I need to move on. Yeah, I need to I need to go focus on this video game thing, which is way bigger picture. Right, um, a whole nother direction. It could take my career and everything to a whole a whole nother level. So, uh, right in the middle of the court, I go, "This is done. Buy me out. We're over right now." I go, "Give me this amount of money. Write me a check." So he wrote me a check, and I was gone. The next day, I signed all my contracts with uh, because I knew I'm in business. I'm an entrepreneur. I know yeah. I'm about ready to get my butt sniffed from Sony, mm -hmm. Microsoft, Nintendo. You know, Activision, 
These are all billion dollar publicly traded companies. And if they research me and they see that I'm in a lawsuit or that I see I'm, I'm involved with something negative, you know, it could kill my deal. So right. I needed to put that behind me. So that's that's how I, I transitioned out of manufacturing one day, 24 hours. I went from <laughs> I went from manufacturer to a video game developer in one day. Jeez. Not really, technically. <laughs> Close enough. So, I mean, so did R7 uh, kind of just, you wanted to kind of keep a, a small soft good line or something like that? To, I started R7 the next day as well. I, I knew I wanted to have a signature series line of products um, eventually. So I, I, I dabbled back into it with some soft goods, R7, my new brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually uh, the gaming got me so... Uh, involved and I, I obviously r7 is still around but it, it, at this point it's virtual so if i ever decide to make my own product line you know uh so many people are are, are still familiar with my my brand r7 i yeah. i make all kinds of r7 branded virtual stuff in my video game so nice. when i feel the time is right in uh the marketplace i'm gonna come back with 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 all those packs and soft goods and all that good stuff but i'm focused on making games right now yeah, yeah, that's good. So is that camera yours too, the the replay? Or is that no, just like that a... Was, um, that was basically uh, an athlete deal I did with them. I, I, I signed with them as a, you know, as a pro, pro athlete representative mm-hmm. of, of their brand. And they allowed me to do a little co-branding. Um, and how I put it together is I invented a product that I patented <clears throat> that mounts a camera to every single paintball gun in the world. Yeah. I it's have a great universal design. mount that mounts on the feed neck, so I own the I own the patent for that, and um, their camera was the best that I found in, on the marketplace. So, I, and that's how I enticed them. I had this this bracketing system, and I had their camera, and I married them, mm-hmm. and I, I was successful with. It. I sold a whole bunch of them, but they're uh, I I moved on. I they they there's so many cameras out there today, yeah. and they're so cheap. Um, mm-hmm. That I, you know, at that point, I wasn't really making enough money to 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 continue my relationship with them. So I still use their product uh, to to create my field media, and, yeah, you know, my tour videos. But yeah, I don't I don't have a, a deal with them any longer. Well, it, it it's crazy because you have all these um you have all these products that attach to the barrel itself, and for some reason it throws me off. Like it, whenever I really want to use it and I want to get good footage. It throws me off because I really, I literally look down each side of my barrel because I, you know, both of my eyes are wide open and I'm looking down both sides of my barrel. And if anything is in the way, it's kind of, it's taken away from what I'm looking at or what I'm trying to shoot. And that design where it's up off of the barrel and you pretty much like it's not even there. It's such an amazing design. And it's a great design. It's a great design. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, the, the, I still I still have the the bracketing system. I'm probably going to try and reintroduce it um, as I watch some of the camera technologies get better and smaller, mm-hmm. uh, especially for broadcast. Um, as these cameras get better, and um, eventually you're literally going to be able to go live um, from the gun, right? You're you're going to yeah. go live on the field down the barrel of Carl, right? You're going to be, oh, yeah. be able to see it. Now you can do that now, but it's bulky. You got to use wires and all that other stuff. So right. I'm just kind of holding out. We'll see where it goes. I, I think the the future of our sport in the in the broadcast is is in the broadcast of it. And I think the 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 big element that we're missing is that first person um, uh, first person view the point of view. Yeah, 
Yeah, so my system could definitely uh, bridge that gap. It's just about the the correct camera system. Yeah, to, to on there. matter of time for sure. So what uh, what what you're on? How many video game games now? You're the like how many number of? Let's see, you did Greg Hastings Max. The Max was the second one, right? Max was the second one. Max was the second, that was my favorite. So we uh, <laughs> we are on we are on our sixth major release coming up. Six That's major, crazy. Six, sixth major release. I have to applaud you and congratulate you. That's I, I think it's so cool. I still nerd out on Xbox, the 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 original Xbox console with like in maxed, and I think it's amazing. I think it's great. I think it was great for the sport. I think you're a great uh, head and face for the sport, and doing something like that was, it was needed. I feel for the sport too. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a little story that I never, never told anybody. Is um, I never intended to have my own video game. Really, I had the idea to make a paintball video game, and I did everything I needed to do to get that. Raised the money, did all that stuff. Now mm-hmm. I'm not on the cover. There's not even a name. You know, we're we we have some cover arts. We have some stuff. Crazy paintball. You know. Nothing Greg Hastings. And right. one of my investors, um, Bob Schubert, uh, used to own paintballgear.com. I remember that. He had a check in his hand for $100,000. And I'm standing there with all my other uh, investors. And he literally sticks out a check for 100 grand. He goes, I'll give you this, but the name of the paintball game of, is going to be Greg Hastings Paintball. And he goes, I want you. You need, you need to be on the cover. So that is exactly how I never told that. Story. So I'm assuming you said yes. <laughs> well, I'm standing there. I didn't answer him right away. I'm standing there yeah. with my other business partners. I think Pev was there. I think a couple of the other guys were there. I probably had five or six guys in the room. And these are my business partners. I'm growing. I'm raising that first initial money to, 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 to launch the first game. Right. And I looked at those guys and they're, they're all looking at each other. And, and I just I didn't say anything. And uh, all the other guys, they all start shaking their head. They're like, "Yeah, this this game has to this game has to have your name on it. This has to be Greg." That's awesome. I never knew that. That's awesome. Well, I love those stories like that. <laughs> Little insights. That's, I know. I don't think I ever told that story. That's a true story. That is very so, cool. It wasn't about me. I, I I I never had. I never not once thought of being on the cover. Never yeah. not once thought about it being. Uh, my game, not even once, never even considered it until that critical moment. He just point blank goes, "I want you to be on the cover," and I, I like, like, okay, <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of people were, you know, were upset. A lot of other pros were like, "How does fucking Greg Hastings uh, get his own fucking game?" And, and I go, yeah. I, "I mean, this this wasn't fucking awarded to me, you know, right. I didn't." This was something, you know, that I, I took I took a path as a as a businessman and I, I went and, and I did it on my own. Well, everything know, happens for a lots, reason. Lots of- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's how that's how I got my own video game, bro. <laughs> I, I that was it. That was the day. So I had I was gonna be the the owner of a video game franchise. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on the cover until that day, that moment. That is cool. So now uh, you have you have a new one coming out. That I've noticed all you're doing all kinds of social media for it. Yeah, three new games coming out this year. Holy shit! Want to hear about them? Hell yeah. Okay, 
So we have this mobile game called Fields of Battle, and it's kicking ass, right? It's been yeah. out for several years. It's got six million downloads. It's played all around the world. And um, we're, we're in the process of making Fields of Battle 2 mm-hmm. and uh, Greg Hastings' Paintball 3 for consoles and Steam. Awesome. And uh, we're making great strides. My business partner, James, is literally kicking ass make, make, making this game. Yeah. So he's got his own engine. And in order to test all these great new technologies like virtual reality, the, the, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and all the new systems, we decided to test them on Fields of Battle. It's already a game. It's already awesome. So yeah. we ported it over to the new engine and, and we're doing all this testing on there. Because all the elements are, are are in place, right? You know, later we'll 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 change up all the art, all the gameplay will be different and uh, tweak it. My if you business need. partner goes, "Do you know our? Because we're playing virtual reality. We're 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 we've been developing VR, the VR experience for three years now. Yeah, three years behind the scenes. Nobody's known about it. Haven't really talked about it." Because um, I was a Kickstarter campaign uh, contributor for Oculus when they first started, I was one of the first fifty guys in the world to contribute a thousand dollars. I think I gave twelve hundred dollars. Really? Them to be a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Fast forward two years, they sell their company for two billion dollars. So I'm a founder. I'm a founder of Oculus. So That's awesome. Being a Kickstarter campaign member. Uh, Op- allowed me to be a developer, so I immediately yeah. had developer status with them. So I turned that over to my business partner James. You know, we start getting all their uh, all their hardware in. They start letting us use their software. And now James, my business partner with Super X Studios, is ramping up to go big for GHP three featuring Oculus and uh, and and um, HTC Vive. Wow. So he comes to me last month and he goes, do you know that we could drop Fields of Battle right now on Steam featuring uh, the VR experience, like right now, it's ready. <laughs> and I've never had a game on Steam. So he's uh, changing up uh, Fields of Battle. We're going to call it Fields of Battle Maxed. <laughs> nice. Right? So yeah. we're adding all these bracket systems uh, up in all the competitive uh, levels in the game, so it'll still have all the same look and all the same art, but um, uh, a lot of the progressions are going to uh, change. Um, uh, there's a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that are that are changing. Our server technologies, the way we communicate, the way the fans jump in and communicate with other fans. It's really it's really mind-boggling, man. Yeah. We're really we're really cutting-edge stuff coming 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 up. So that's the first of uh, the three games coming out. Next month, we're dropping for the first time ever my game on on Steam. Sweet. Congratulations, there. man. So you're going to be able to keyboard and mouse. You're going to be able to use a gamepad, or you're going to be able to straight up uh, virtual reality, bro, like leading the way. There, and there's not a lot of games out, um, for especially first-person shooters, yeah. that embraced. And uh, this last... Uh, a few weekends ago, we went to uh, PAX South and demoed it for the first time, and we estimated we had we had close to 700 people come through uh, and and test out the virtual reality experience for three days. It was nonstop. We had two lines going, yeah, nonstop, start to finish, and uh, out of out of what we estimated, 700 people, only two people 
took the goggles off and they said, no, nah, no, nah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a little too disorienting. Right. But, uh, every single other person was like, wow, that was really fun. So, and it's paintball. Yeah. We have this hit paintball video game at this great video game conference and that game, and, and that was our big announcement there. We're like, mm-hmm. we're dropping this game on steam. We're like, we're accidentally building games now. <laughs> Literally accidentally built a steam game. Yeah. Crazy. That is so cool, man. I'm 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 so stoked for you, and I'll I'll always support you. And it's it's you've been such such a, a leader in this sport. And uh, no, I congratulate you, man. This is this I is awesome. That, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I yeah, appreciate. Hell yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that's a good place to call it uh, call it a conversation. I'd love to maybe come down sometime, do another one in person. Um, you want to give a sh- you want to give a shout out to anybody or, or thank anybody? Man. Well, I want to thank you. Um, when I meet and see my friends and athletes going beyond what it takes to do on a paintball field, like what you're doing, it's important for not only yourself, but it's important to grow the sport, right? You mm-hmm. are an active member of growing the sport. So my thanks is to you. Like You're the one who set up that little microphone right there that I see in <laughs> Skype. You're the one who called me and set up this appointment like you are taking the initiative so the congratulations is yours man you you, you know you. and i hope you get a, a whole bunch of more fantastic uh guests on this this is this is great that you're doing this so i applaud you i want to share what you're doing so make sure you get me the link to all your stuff and start tagging me so i'll i'll i'll, I'll share the hell out of your, your podcasts for sure man i'm having some uh, uh todd over at raza he's making me some pl- the playing on podcast t-shirts and um, I'm I'm getting some of those made, and you know this is this is something where, uh, like some of the stuff you do is is unconventional as far as your career, like the video games, and you know it's not a nine to five where you're in an office every day, and I, and I would love, you know, which is it's definitely possible, take a lot of damn hard work, but I would love to do this and be able to be home with my family and be able to travel Absolutely. and work from home, um, but uh, you know dreams are are just that you got to chase them and. I would love for this to be, you know, something interview, you know, uh, amazing characters and human beings like yourself and uh and and share the stories. What's the name of your podcast? You got a, you got a fancy schmancy name? It's called The Playing On Podcast. The Playing On Podcast. Yeah, so it's like kind of a, a spin on words, so it's like as far as paintball goes, uh you're playing on, you know, you kind of you keep going, the adrenaline's still going, you keep playing. Okay. And then the same thing okay. in life, you just you keep playing on no matter what comes at you and yeah, I thought it, was, it kind of rolls off the tongue too. The playing on <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, I Greg, like, I really I like appreciate it, it man. Um, I I can't thank you enough, and uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing, and I hope keep to. Doing uh, what you're doing, brother. Yeah, I want to get you on my tour of duty. I want to make sure I get you uh, to one of my events. Get you back sure. in the woods. Get, do some woods ball with me. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, I'm hoping to have a beer with you soon. Uh, maybe we'll, at World Cup we'll get together and uh, Mine's we'll empty. have a. We'll we'll make more. We'll make more empty cans. All right, Greg. Take care, bud. Love you. See ya. Thank you so much, Greg, for hanging out with me. I had an awesome time. That was a great conversation. Uh, I cannot wait to sit down and have an actual beer with you (laughs) in the near future. So, uh, thank you, Greg, for uh, for the conversation. Thank you again to Planet Eclipse. 
they have supported this podcast and uh, and myself for a very long time. I am very fortunate to uh, to be able to work with this company, uh, you know, and and I really recommend these guys on if anybody's looking for sponsors or looking for a new paintball marker, check out Planet Eclipse. They have a plethora of uh, of new markers. Thank you to Vantrition for all of the awesome supplements that you provide, like the paintball preload, the paintball reload. They have four plate protein. They have all kinds of supplements for anything you guys need. Go ahead and head over to Vantrition.com and you can find everything you need there as far as supporting supplements. Uh, thank you to Midwest Clothing. They have everything you need from pants, jerseys, uh, custom gear. Uh, they can get you anything you need. Just head over to MidwestClothingLLC.com and you can find everything there. Also, make sure to check out their Paintball Gifts Back charity and all of the details you can find at MidwestClothingLLC.com. Alright guys, that does it for me. Please do not forget to subscribe on iTunes. Check me out on SoundCloud, uh, Facebook, Carl Microwave Markowski. Instagram is cmarkizzle. If you guys have any questions, please comment, uh, write, message, all that good stuff. Uh, But thank you so much everyone for joining me, and we will see you next time on the Playing On Podcast. See ya.